Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today we are doing the movie Evolution. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Evolution is a 2001 American comic science fiction film that follows college professor Ira Kane and geologist Harry Block, who investigate a meteor crash in Arizona. They discover that the meteor inhabits extraterrestrial life, which is evolving very quickly into large, diverse, and outlandish creatures. You can stream it on Netflix, Prime Video, and Pluto TV. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it 43, and the audience gives it 48. So people seem to not like this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'd am i like to say I'm surprised at that, but uh, I'm not really. Uh, but I have to say, this movie surprises me with its year. I thought it was a 90s movie, and it's not. Uh, yeah, but it just... It feels very 90s when you're watching it, and I don't mean, like, 1999 either. Um, well, yeah. it did. Uh-huh. There's a way that you can tell if a movie that is a comedy came out in the 2000s. If at some point during that movie, something hits somebody in the dick, and the camera <laughs> cuts away to them going, oh, with a pained face, it was made in 2000 to 2005. <laughs> That's uh, very specific and observant of you. Um, yeah, it's such a weird movie um, with the, I mean, it is a comedy, but there's a lot of science in it. Um, and the creatures are adorable. There's some extreme mitosis. I learned that word. No, I knew that word, but they reminded me of that word and what it means. Um, there's music. The lines, I uh, they're the most ridiculous lines I think I've ever heard in a movie. Uh, and the characters are so comical. Well, I am a huge fan of sci-fi with a lot of science in it. And you don't normally get that in a movie just because of time constraints. I feel like they did a good job of putting in just enough science to make it sound scientific without making it boring or too dry. Okay, um... Yeah, it was never dry. I will say, I don't think the movie had any moment where I was just like, okay, I'm bored, move on. Um, and I'm not the kind of person who likes a whole lot of science in my sci-fi. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it didn't feel like it was dragging on forever. But you're right, they did include a lot of the important, like, we're going to explain this to you, um, key points. But, like, it... I did feel like a little bit like, okay, I feel like I'm reading a book now <laughs> at certain points, but it wasn't, it still wasn't like, okay, get over with it. I'm done with it. Well, and that's what I loved. But yeah. I also loved that they had such great characters that could really carry the, everything outside of the science. They were great with their delivery and their timing and their chemistry. So mm -hmm. it really kept the energy up, even when they were explaining things like mitosis and cellular divide. Yeah, they. I think that's what it was for me, too, where it was just like, okay, you're giving me a lot of science. However, you're hilarious, so I'm not bored of it. Um, I mean, the main two guys, um, Ira and Harry, they had so, so much chemistry between them, and it was so easy. I feel like the actors really must have bonded or maybe got to know each other before the movie or something like that. I don't know, but they. it was so easy that it just felt like a real friendship you felt like they've actually known each other for as long as they had. Well, and Ira, the actor, David Duchovny, was on X-Files for mm -hmm. 
many years. So I feel like this was kind of the uh, fuck the X-Files, but this is going <laughs> to be so much fun film for him. Uh-huh. I don't think anyone expected that this was going to be a great movie, but they're like, wow, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also am, I'm, I am a little surprised at the ratings, but we'll come back to that when we talk about our own ratings. Um, also, I started to think about what's my favorite thing about this movie. What did I really like about it most? And then I started to like make a list of things. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot I really loved about this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, Sean William Scott, for starters. And I don't know who I like better, honestly, Sean William Scott or Wayne Gray the character he plays I, I can't choose because they're both equally adorable <laughs> um, well, he's been in some really weird movies and some really great movies and I think he's so underrated but Wayne too. Gray in this movie his timing is so perfect <laughs> like in that scene in the woman's house after they find the seal with a chicken head tongue <laughs> that everyone keeps saying looks like a dog but doesn't look like a dog at all <laughs> Yep. Um, he comes in from the backyard, trips over the coffee table, <laughs> and says, I was conducting a uh, parameter check, and like kind of <laughs> winks, and that's him, air quotes, playing subtle. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's like he's, it's like he knows that he has to be careful with what he says and act like he knows what he's talking about, and like, Ira and uh, Harry both know that. He clearly doesn't. And I'm sure everybody else does, too, the second he opens his mouth. But it's supposed to be, like, an inside thing between the three of them. Except it doesn't matter who's around. He, like, he winks at the other people. Like, no, these people don't need to know that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, why are you winking at them? Like, they're in on the, like, joke or whatever, you know? But, yeah, his... I feel like it's it's a very Sean William Scott character from what you would expect of him. Kind of doofy kind of an idiot, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but more lovable, I think, probably than any of the other characters I've seen him play. Well, he was very charming in this movie, but more than that, he was the one who wasn't college educated. He wasn't as qualified as the others were to be there. And yet it never felt like he wasn't pulling his weight or he was just there to be there. He always was a full member of the team doing what needed to be done. And in some cases out braving all of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and it was great too, that he was trying to be a firefighter and he was so dedicated to it. Like that is the opening scene, right? Where he's like dragging the the doll into the house and then like setting it on fire. It's not a house, it's like a cabin or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I just remember just watching going, what the hell is this guy doing? What is wrong with you, dude? What Like, is this some freaky shit you're going to be up to right now? What's happening? And then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. He's a firefighter going way too far with his preparation. Um, and yet not far enough with his preparation, because that is not how you would treat a human body that you were rescuing. <laughs> he just throws it on the ground and starts pumping it in the chest. And it's like, that's not how CPR works, man. You probably broke her head. Yeah, but he's adorable. It's okay. He is very adorable. <laughs> uh, speaking of adorable, um, I guess they're characters. I loved the animals, especially that the dog one, which it looked nothing like a dog, but it's a little sad little face with its big eyes. I just, I adored how cute they made these vicious animals. I mean, up until their attacks, of course, but they were so, so cute. 
Well, it wasn't just that they were cute. I loved how well-designed they were because they were supposed to look almost like our creatures, but slightly off. Yeah. And things like the piranha turtle at the golf club or Mm -hmm. the fur-backed warthog crocodile thing. (laughs) Yeah. It looked almost right, but almost not. And I think that was a great way to make the design something that we could relate with, but also that was distinctly alien. Yeah. And I mean, how could you ever get the blue monkeys? <laughs> well, the, the dra- I'm going to call it a dragon, the dragon in the mall. Um, I felt really bad for that one. I didn't feel bad for the rest of them because they all attacked some someone and usually it ended in death I think except for the ladies the lady that lost her like fingers or her hand or whatever all the other attacks ended in death um but the dragon I mean yeah he grabbed the girl who was a shoplifter so I don't know how bad I feel for her anyway no I'm kidding um but he he was flying around or it was flying around with this girl in its claws but it didn't actually attack it didn't do anything I felt I actually was like well maybe like you didn't have to kill it. <laughs> Maybe you could have shot it down, but not killed it, you know? And I know that's a ridiculous reaction to have, but I actually wanted to see more of it. I almost was hoping, like, maybe this is going to be the one animal that's not trying to kill the human race, you know? Uh, but that probably wouldn't have been the case anyway, but I was hoping. The hard part of this sci-fi is that, it, for the most part, it didn't seem like it was a malicious and intelligent alien being that came down to hurt us. It was just an animal and it was always us or them. Right. It was, it wasn't as though it was an overly intelligent and advanced alien species. This was an animal and it was a predator and it did what it did. And so we couldn't have coexisted with them, but they also weren't openly malicious it was just the animal instinct right and maybe that's what it was that made me go well we don't have to kill them but no we did um you know what really bothered me with the animals though what not to be an armchair scientist because i do not have any science degree (laughs) but the boar alligator was not a fucking amphibian and ira is supposed to be very educated in science and he calls it an amphibian and it's like hey dude (laughs) are you smarter than a fifth grader amphibians (laughs) do not have fucking hair uh it may not have been a traditional mammal but it was not an amphibian yeah i didn't even catch that i i feel like that's that's the kind of stuff that I was just like, I'm listening, I hear you, but I don't understand. But okay, sure, you're probably right. You know better than I do. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, do. I can see. Well, you do. Um, they also do. They know better than I do, too, even if they were wrong about it being an amphibian. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and say something about Alison Reed. Um, uh, what's the actress's name? Julianne uh, Moore? Julianne Moore. Yeah. I've, first of all, I have started to realize just how many Julianne Moore movies I've watched and fully enjoyed. 
it's strange because I don't have like a favorite actor or actress necessarily. And I'm starting to realize that maybe I like Julianne more. Um, But anyway, but she does an awesome job in this character um, or with this character. And the intro with her falling immediately when she's trying to come up to say hello to them was hilarious to me. And I enjoyed that they kept that going because I was really hoping that they would, but I was expecting that they wouldn't. But she's constantly tripping over nothing. She's constantly falling on her ass. And my favorite thing, though, I think about this character is, well, about the movie, I guess, and what they did with the character is that they didn't try to sexualize her. Like, she was the lead female, and she wasn't meant to be, like, the sexy person in the movie. You know what I mean? At no point did I feel like they were like, look, she's so hot stare at her, look at her being completely, you know, naked, basically, you know, throughout the whole film. She was the love interest. They all thought she was hot, but she wasn't like, they weren't like shoving that in your face. And I really enjoyed that they did that. Well, and I think that was indicative of a lot of Julianne Moore's characters around then. Mm. Both that she is clumsy and that she is very professionally competent, competent, Mm-hmm. And she's beautiful without being sexualized. Like she, she was almost the same character in Jurassic Park too, but she didn't fall as much. <laughs> yeah, her falling more um, helped me relate to her a little bit. <laughs> but they but, also, go ahead. I think you were gonna say something about her character. I was. She is just great in the way that she is. She can flirt without having to downplay herself as a woman. She's still competent. She still outranks you, but that doesn't mean she doesn't think you're cute. Yeah, and I love that. The the relationship between Allison and Ira, again, I don't like love stories when, okay, pretty much ever, but especially the main love story of a movie tends to just be boring to me or unbelievable like I'm I just don't buy it um there's I've completely bought they built it up slowly and then it didn't end with oh my gosh I'm in love with you let's get married and spend the rest of our lives together it ended with them banging in the car or in I think in a fire truck or some sort of a truck um and that I believe that was you know like I mean as real as it can be considering the movie is ridiculous um but I bought that I bought that they actually started to like each other past the physical attraction that they had immediately because of the time they spent together and like the things they learned about each other and I love that they didn't overdo it yeah the pacing of it was really great it, it wasn't just insta-love. They met and they were in love. They had to get over things. He had to see her in a different way than he originally saw her. Right. And that was a great addition to the film. Yeah. I, I'm, I was going to say something that she says, but I'm afraid I'm going to end up stealing one of your lines again. Or you like probably quotes. are. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to Do myself. Do you want me to say it right now? Tell me your favorite quote, yeah. My very favorite quote of the movie, after they have gotten out of the airlock where they were making fun of her for having a crush on him and for being a stuck-up scientist, mm-hmm. he's talking about how he's trying to get his reputation as a scientist back, and he says, I don't suppose you would understand that. And her response, dry as fuck, is, oh no, how could I? I'm just a humorless ice maiden in desperate need of a good humping. <laughs> 
that's not the one I was going to say, but that is a beautiful one. I seriously had to go back and forth between quotes, trying to figure out, no, but which one did I really enjoy most? Um, that was a really good one. Luckily, well, that, we didn't have the same one, though. Yeah, that moment for them was when you really start to see the actual chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. When she says, don't think you know so much about me, the way he looks at her. And like he's seeing her with completely new eyes. Yeah. Really got me interested and invested in them as a couple. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy, I don't remember, I think it's towards the end of the movie where she says something along the lines of, I, I could have rocked your world. And yeah. his little smile and then the, uh, uh, you already have. I love that. That's not my favorite quote. It's just, I just love that scene. And they they did such a good job with that love story. I wish other movies would watch and uh, learn from that (laughs) I wish they'd watch and learn from both that and the friendship between Ira and Harry yeah I agree it's very much a an adult male friendship Mm -hmm. where they will sit around taking the piss out of each other and just like ladies are we really gonna stand around here but (laughs) they will also have each other's backs completely when it's necessary and you don't say shit about the other one yeah yeah they were constant there was no point where they were like no you're wrong and I'm not with you on this they were just immediately on board with each other the entire way through and I love that even when I think when Harry started to find out some shit about Ira that he didn't know from his past he didn't stop to question it it was just like okay it's gonna be fine I actually like that stuff from Ira's past it really brought a new dimension into the movie mm. because he was not just this like superhero scientist here to save the world. I enjoyed that there was a reason that they might not trust his judgment. He was discredited. He had had a professional failing mm. that brought his competence as a scientist into question. Yep. Yeah. He wasn't Mr. Perfect. Yeah. That, that made, that made me, like him better um along with also again the friendship if they didn't have that back and forth like if it was just Ira and there was no Harry I would have probably been bored of him even if he still was funny and like you know who he was but the back and forth banter between them and just that the bromance I'm gonna call it um between them helped me like individually each of them a little better although I think I would have liked Harry regardless because he was hilarious he probably had some of my absolute favorite lines even though the quote I chose was not his quote either but um his just his delivery of the lines were perfect they were his facial expressions and his body movement Mm. and just everything that he did as far as that character really he was competent, but he also didn't take it as seriously as Ira did. Yeah. Um, his voice also got screechy when he was yelling certain things, um, like the lubricant scene. Yeah. <laughs> There's always time for lubricant. I almost chose that one, and I thought that was going to be your choice, by the way. But I am going to say my favorite line from the movie, and I think it's because it's the one that I could use in my life, and I I will probably do so. I mean, I just watched the movie, but um, it is going to be one that's usable in life. Um, When uh, Wayne Gray, uh, I think it's when they see the gorilla animal things for the first time. And he says, now that's a face for radio. 
And I just love that it's this, like, scary moment that they're having, and that's his reaction to it. It was perfect. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the main characters quite a bit, but um, I do want to mention Deke and Danny Donald and how much I love them. They're the stupidest people, but I love them so much. They were so necessary to the plot. Mm-hmm. but they used them in just the right ways in just the right amount. They could not have been in this movie for a second more than they were and had them not go stale. Yeah. Yeah, they were, like, that first time we see them in the classroom where everybody else has gotten A's pretty much and they've gotten C-minuses, I think. And uh, Ira is reading, or no, not reading, he's memorized uh, their essays, which was one paragraph long. First, it made me go, wait, how the hell are these guys even in this class? Uh, and then it went, it does, I just went, it doesn't even matter. That's hilarious. If they weren't here, we wouldn't have had that. And I thought, I honestly thought that was the last time we were going to see them. Aside from like that party scene, that, that felt normal. But when they brought them back and they ended up basically saving everyone with their whole, um, Head and, was it head and shoulders yeah, um, yes. knowledge? Yeah. Um, it was just, it, it was so good because I love when it's basically the person who's just like, I don't know anything about anything. And yet, oh, I have that one little bit of information and it ends up being the most important bit of information. Okay, I would say that this is the best product placement integration ever, <laughs> but it isn't for very one oh. specific reason. Their hair is so shitty and damaged looking. <laughs> But that is not a testimonial to this shampoo. <laughs> like, do you see how shiny and flake free our hair is? Like, no, you look like your hair is four seconds from falling out. <laughs> not not Sean William Scott's hair, though. I'm just kidding. It probably was. <laughs> um, what did you dislike? We've talked a lot about things we've really liked um, about the movie. I'm curious to know what it was that you did not enjoy about this movie. There are two big things that I didn't enjoy. Okay. Um, I don't like that Harry was made out to be a pervert a lot, and it was played for laughs. I mean, the joke of him taking extra credit from one of his students is bad enough, but when they got to the point of him trying to tell the army that he was looking at photos of barely legal, maybe, girls... Mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't understand why you think child exploitation is funny, but it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, um, when in that first part with the student who was there trying to do extra credit and whatnot, I honestly was like, oh, he's not actually doing this. He's Because he said something along the lines of, oh, nursing school, um, when you want to do something where maybe people don't rely on you to like... save them or take care of them um and I honestly didn't think he was actually going to do anything it made because it was like the first introduction to Harry I thought it was just us finding out that he's kind of a nerdy sciencey guy you know who doesn't even realize that this is happening to him um but then later as I got to know him a little better Plus, there was something about him showering. I, I missed that line. But something about Sean William Scott's character asking him, I, I, I got to stop calling him that, I guess. Wayne. Um, Wayne asking Harry about, I think he's talking about the, the volleyball team. 
I think yeah. it was a volleyball team or whatever team it was. Uh, and he says, yeah, sometimes I shower with them. And I was like, did he just say he showers with, the- no, no, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen and move right along. I'm just going to, that's not a thing in the movie. <laughs> that time I actually thought that he was just pulling uh, Wayne's leg. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But trying to, telling the army that the barely legal photos on his laptop, it's like, it's kind of, Kind of the cheapest of humor where somebody was writing it and was just kind of like, you know what's funny? A veiled pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it tells us something about the person writing it. <laughs> worse than that for me, though. Ooh, worse than that. I want to start off by saying I think Sarah Silverman is funny. I liked a lot of her comedy specials, especially around that time. She didn't need to be in this movie. Not even a little... Also, why would you wear your ex-boyfriend's shirt on a date with your new boyfriend? Not clearly, because you're in love with your ex-boyfriend still. She, Yeah, I, and I'm going to say this as somebody who doesn't like Sarah Silverman, I haven't really ever watched her comedy specials, but anything I have seen her do, I've just been like, that's not funny. I don't, like, it's just, I don't know. I've just not been into it. But um, when I saw her her in this, I was like, oh, great. This is going to end up being something really disgusting because that's what I've seen of her, like, where she takes it to the extreme. Like, see, I'm a girl and I can make jokes about shit, you know? Um, and I thought something was going to go awful in that diner or whatever. Um, I was actually glad that it was as short a scene as it was and that they didn't bring her back later. And I t- totally forgot, actually, that she was even in it because, yeah, it was the most pointless thing. I did love her new cop boyfriend, though. <laughs> him reappearing and it always being him. And him just going from, oh, technical stuff, of course, go ahead. <laughs> to being like, no, no, not again, not you guys. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I, and I love that we didn't have to see too much more of him either, because it, it could have gone gotten, like, annoying. Just like, okay, it was funny the first couple of times. It's not funny anymore, because there's only so much you can do with a character like that. And they just did the perfect amount. <laughs> they did. Um, I feel like I should have had more to say about what I didn't like. Um, even though I said earlier that I didn't think the sciencey stuff was, like, boring to the point where I was like, okay, enough, I don't care. Um, it was still too much science for my liking, but that's just, it's not even something that was wrong with the movie. It's just my own preference. Um, and I couldn't think of anything else that I didn't like about the movie. <laughs> So that that says a lot, I guess, right? It was, yeah. I think it's because it was just, the movie wasn't taking itself too seriously at any point. It was just supposed to be a goofy movie. And it was, it was what it was. And so to me, it was like, well, I get why you would put the science in there if it wasn't supposed to be as ridiculous a movie as it was. But I didn't need it. Uh, but what they did with it was fine. I think they could have made it, worse than it was I just still didn't care about those scenes very much whereas I loved them yeah of course (laughs) and I loved that even the characters who were the bad guys sometimes when a character is a bad guy they make them just kind of blah and bland and nothing Mm. general woodman is supposed to be the dick general Mm -hmm. as Wayne would call him (laughs) and he's just so delightfully dicky yeah he 
that I don't know who that actor is, but he did. I mean, I don't know his name, but he did such a good job with that because it wasn't like he was this big time villain guy, but he was just just a, just a person who was just an asshole. And it was perfect because he I feel like sometimes in sci fi movies, the bad guy has to be like this really awful villain who's trying to kill a bunch of people, you know, that wasn't him. He was just an asshole and he didn't like Ira. And that was that, basically. And he was power hungry. (laughs) This was nothing about him being an asshole after the entire world. It was just like, I have a personal conflict with this specific guy. And I don't care if I have to blow up Arizona to fuck him over. (laughs) I will do it. Yep. Hey, to be fair, he was evacuating the people from that part of Arizona, right? So... Um, I am also going to go back to another thing that I really loved um, about the movie. Uh, The cave or whatever that they go into every time and how it's little by little, well, actually not little by little, like uh, changing by a lot each time they go down there. I just thought they did such a good job with the visuals of those scenes because they just made it look like this... It was like it was like watching a fantasy movie, not a sci-fi movie in those scenes. It was so like bright and colorful almost and it just seemed cartoony sort of, but in that like nice animated cartoony way, you know. Um I just loved seeing that. I didn't expect for it for them to have gone that far with the visuals and they did and it was great. It looked like you could have been stepping into the planet from the movie Avatar and seeing the creatures and the environment. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that the time they broke into the airlock outside of the fly that they clearly provoked, Uh none of the other creatures seemed to give a shit that they were there. And that's really actually real to nature. If you go out into an unexplored wilderness where they haven't encountered people they don't know what you are and they kind of don't give a flying fuck what you are. Yeah. Yeah, they did. The animals as strange as they were. And I think it has to do with what you were talking about, how they were like animals we have, but slightly different. Um, They were believable. They were, it wasn't like, no, there's no way this could ever exist. It was like, no, this could possibly exist at some point in the world. It could be a real animal, you know? Um, And yeah, the visuals for the animals and the cave area was great. Actually, opposite to that, I think the ending with the giant creature thing, I don't know what to call it, the, like, floating giant creature thing that they end up (laughs) blowing up with head and shoulders, that was probably the weirdest part to me. Or just like, okay, but what? Like, what is happening right now? How did it go from, like, animals to this thing I feel like I maybe I missed the science part of that but I just didn't get it it was just it felt like it was just funny to be funny it was it didn't make sense well essentially what it was is you remember at the beginning where they had all the cells under the microscope Mm -hmm. it was a giant version of that cell it started out being that cell and Mm -hmm. the fire catalyzed it into turning from individual animals into turning into a giant cell Hmm. so theoretically that would have split and then it would have become giant worms and then it would have become giant uh bugs and oh okay i get it so it was just the beginning part of 
the, the creatures to come, basically. Exactly. Got it. See, it was a science thing I missed. <laughs> but yeah, um, I also want to say that if anybody hasn't seen this movie and they're considering it and I had to try to convince them with one thing, I would say watch it because of the mall scene with the caw, 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 and then the song that John William Scott sings to the dragon. It was beautiful. He cannot sing at all. And it was so great. <laughs> I loved Wayne and Harry's friendship. And we didn't talk about it. But <laughs> Harry's just glaring at him, slapping his gun on his hand while Wayne <laughs> is singing to this dragon. He's like, would you get down here? Because you were embarrassing me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was great. And then it worked. And then I also really love, I, and I think this has to sh- do something with their friendship because we don't, I don't feel like we see Harry and Wayne's friendship like build, but we see it um, as it's like already developed, I guess, because when they have this plan of what they're going to do with the dragon, um, they don't like, I think it's Ira tells Harry, like you guys do this and I'm going to do this, but Harry and Wayne don't talk about like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and you're going to do that thing. They just know, and they're prepared for it immediately. And it was, it showed the trust between them. Um, and again, it's what it's Wayne like doing more than you would expect of somebody who has no idea what the hell is going on, you know? Yeah, the three of them were officially a team at that point, and they could move within each other without having to be explicitly told. Yeah, it was great. It was. Now, I loved when they were down in the cavern, and the bug had just gotten into Harry's suit but hadn't yet gotten into his anus um they think they've killed it and Harry's freaked out and they're doing the who's the man you're the man no you're the man I'm the man and Allison's just standing there rolling her eyes like you're fucking scientists would we stop it (laughs) yeah I I really loved the little uh you're the man thing that Harry did that was unexpected and hilarious yeah because even scientists are dudes yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, it's a weird thing. Like, they were relatable, I think. Because sometimes you get movies and you're like, oh, the scientist guy who thinks he's better than everybody and he's just going to talk in scientific facts his entire, like, role. Like, constantly, that's all he's got. There is no other part of him. But with these two, they were, like you said, they were just dudes. And, yeah, they knew a lot, but they didn't constantly talk science at everybody. Well... This movie, we were kind of in good hands because it was directed by the same director of Ghostbusters. And you can kind of see that in the way that people were cast and the way that certain characters were. You had the qualified scientists. You had the kind of outsider who was still qualified but wasn't qualified in the field. Mm -hmm. You had the government and that mayor. Of Mm -hmm. course, you had to have him. (laughs) Yep. Of course. So it was like Alien Ghostbusters. Yeah. Perfect combination. <laughs> um, did you find any interesting facts about this movie, by the way? I just said it. That was the interesting fact? Was it not interesting to you? It was so interesting to me. It was the most interesting thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Sorry. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Um, I uh, haven't seen Ghostbusters in so long, though. So I... I can picture certain things that just stuck with me from my childhood when I had watched uh, Ghostbusters, but 
I feel like while you were talking about it, I'm like, huh, yeah, I can see that. And I'm starting to remember more. And uh, hey, that might be a future episode we have to do closer to the future. I mean, in the future, then further away. Because <laughs> now I want to watch, especially like with evolution still fresh in my mind. Okay, so yeah. I even loved the songs used in this movie movie the actual physical soundtrack is all instrumental and that's a choice but (laughs) i didn't even know mixing in the kind of ethereal instrumentals of them being in the cave and encountering the creatures Hmm. with the physical songs like that buck cherry song at the beginning or you are so beautiful or the freddy versus jason song which is a good choice in this movie (laughs) not a good choice to make freddy versus jason but (laughs) I don't even know what song you're referring to because I haven't seen Freddy vs. Jason, but. <laughs> uh, the Drop the Bombshell song. Uh, the 21st Century Killing Machine they referred to. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, got it. I remember now. I You didn't mention my favorite song that was used in this, though. When they're in the car and they're listening to play that funky music, White Boy, and they're singing along. That was, I feel like that was another, like, I guess it is an early 2000s, not a 90s thing with music like that. And the characters are just like in a car or wherever and they're singing along to it. And they're just like completely rocking out. I feel like that was a thing done a lot in movies at that t- in that time period. Yeah. And they did a great job of saying Sean William Scott, Wayne Gray is part of our team now mm-hmm. without having to say the words, oh, so would you like to be a member of our organization, Wayne? <laughs> yeah. They use the scenes to really show that it was the three of them and not just the two of them plus Wayne Gray. Yeah. Oh, and when they're receiving their awards or whatever, um, and or I think, or is it when they're introducing themselves or something and Wayne, they're like talking about all the things that they've done and what they've studied and whatnot and where they work. And Wayne's like, I took a chemistry class once in college or high, high school. school. High school, right? High school. <laughs> I love him, but did he really deserve to become an accredited firefighter at the end? Because firefighting, it didn't seem he was great at. He drove the truck. Yeah, he absolutely should not have, like, that's not the way in which he should be responsible for saving humans. I mean, he did a good job with the whole, like, fighting the alien creatures. However, um, that doesn't mean that you know um, how to save a life and, like, rescue someone from a fire and give them proper CPR. <laughs> it was a heartwarming ending, but nothing we saw of him actually being a firefighter outside of that one moment at the end of asking if this is still the plan and his bravery. There was nothing about it that showed that he should be a firefighter, maybe a cop. Because yeah. he did a great job in saving the mayor from the blue monkey when all of the military people were frozen and pissing themselves, but yeah. not a fireman. No, yeah. I don't think he needs to be in a job where you have to be both strong and delicate. No, yeah. Strong he can do. Brave he can do. Delicate. Um, You might lose some limbs or break your head along the way while he's trying to save you. So he'll save you from the fire because he can run in and drag you out. However, I'm not sure you'll survive him saving you. <laughs> yeah. I think every... Almost every character had really good quotable lines, even if they weren't really in the movie. 
that woman in the house with the seal chicken. Uh, By the way, she's just like, like, we don't have a damn dog. <laughs> oh, I also love to me in my life. So <laughs> I also don't have a damn dog. <laughs> I do. Um, but the woman, when, when they all walk up to the door and they're like, scared and so the one woman tells the other woman I don't remember any of their names or for her to open the door and she's like it's your house I loved that too that was great (laughs) but then they made her do it and she lost her fingers poor woman yeah a lot of the people didn't end up getting killed though she lost her fingers the construction worker also lost a few fingers I mean he got lucky there because he was going to lose his private area. <laughs> yeah. But good trade off. Not that many people died for it being such a big invasion. Yeah. Well, I don't think I feel like if they did do more of it, it would have become a completely different movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It I wasn't like- supposed to be gory. They weren't looking for blood and body parts. Yeah, I like that it was more a comedy than a science fiction. And I think it balanced both really well. Yeah. Ah, again, I could have done without the science. No. Well, <laughs> it really sci-fi, was bad. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi is a hard genre to just have it be on its own. You have sci-fi comedy, you have sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. but you don't regularly just have sci-fi. Yeah. And it kind of needs the other genre to help it define whether it's going to be gory or whether it's not. Yeah. That's a good point. And with these characters, it had to be comedy instead. Exactly. Though I would love for somebody to take this movie, put some dark music over it, like edit it and shit, and then make it like the goriest, creepiest movie ever. I would love to watch like, you know, a five minute video of that. So somebody should do that if they haven't already. I'm sure they haven't. No one likes this movie but me. And maybe you. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about our ratings while we're at that uh, topic. What did you give it? I gave it a 93. I know people didn't love it, but this is one of my favorite movies. I'd say it's in my top 20 movies of all time. And... You know that because I've been trying to get you to watch it for like seven years. Well, what's funny is you've been getting wanting me to watch it for about seven years. And then since we've decided or since you decided this was going to be the next film, I haven't gotten to watch it. And I felt really awful because I was like, it seems like I'm putting it off like I don't want to watch it. And that's not the case. I'm sure it's a fine movie, you know, but um, it still took me so long after you decided on it that I for me to actually get to watch it. And then when I did. It was so good. Um, I gave it 90. So I'm the other person in the world who enjoys this movie. So (laughs) we both liked it about twice as much or maybe (laughs) slightly more. Uh, What do the critics know? Or the rest of the world? Because it wasn't just the critics, I guess. (laughs) You and me against the world, babe. Aw, that's disgusting. We can't end on that. Can we end oh. on Tukituki? Can we end on... Oh, no. <laughs> Kaka Kaka and Tukituki never work. <laughs> uh, well, um, I think we've covered everything, though, unless you had anything else to say about the movie. I do not. Okay. Well, um, 
We are, what are we doing next? What's our next movie? You, you, you tell them because, you know, it's my choice. You get to tell them the title. <laughs> uh, next week, we are doing her choice called A Bag of Hammers. Yeah. So, I hope it's not dumb as A Bag of Hammers. Uh-huh. Uh, it probably is. Um, and I'd be surprised if there's anybody out there who's actually seen it. So, you know, um, hit us up on social media and let me know if you're the only other person in the universe who had watched this movie before I made Novi watch it. And then she's the third. Um, and speaking of social media, you can find us on Instagram, Millennials at the Movies, and on Twitter, Millennials ATM. And then my personal Twitter is Amy, that's A M I underscore movies. And mine is Cantaloupe underscore eyes. Yes, like the fruit. <laughs> You're a lot more creative than I am. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, come back for the next episode. Yeah, see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.